Whiskey collections are not cheap. So what's the best way to go about starting one? I don't know if there is a specific best way, but I'm more than happy to give you my opinion. What's up, guys? You're listening to the Whiskey Noobs Podcast. And for those of you who are new here, my name is Chris, and I'm the host of the show. And today we're going to talk about something that I think is a whole lot of fun, and that is collecting whiskey. And specifically, I'm going to be describing a few tips and tricks that I just kind of brainstormed and based on my experience, based on things I've learned throughout the process of starting a whiskey collection. Going to give you some tips that can help you start a whiskey collection or grow your whiskey collection in a way that I feel is is pretty effective. And it, as I mentioned, no matter how you go about it, it's not going to be cheap. So you want to make sure you're doing it correctly. And you want to try to do it in the cheapest way possible, which is one of the things that I'm going to talk about. Before we get into that, I do have a mystery whiskey review, so I'm not going to be reviewing any whiskey from beginning to end in this episode, so I'll do a quick mini review of a whiskey that has been on the show before and give you some notes from it and see if you can guess what it is. This has so much more flavor than I remembered having the first time I tried it. Um, I'm pretty impressed right now. So this whiskey that I'm drinking right now is giving me strong citrus fruity vibes and a little bit of, I want to even throw in something I don't throw in very often, almost creaminess, maybe a little bit of herbiness, and definitely the sweetness of this one is definitely like a honey to me right now. Um, and I don't know if those how those compare to the notes that I've given in the past, because as I mentioned, this I don't remember this having this much flavor the last time I had it on the show. Um, but for sure, I would say the standouts are like a citrus and like a honey are definitely the, the two things that are standing out the most to me. So I'll go over it a little bit more before I give it away, but those are your hints for now. You can go ahead and think about it. And as I mentioned, this is a whiskey that we've had on the show. Now, as I mentioned, with getting into collecting whiskey, it's not cheap, and sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's a little bit intimidating, honestly. And I think there's this tendency to want to climb the ladder into expensive bottles really quickly. So what do I mean by that? I mean, I think there is this tendency to get in with a middle shelf bottle maybe a couple more middle shelf bottles and slowly just work your way right up to the expensive bottles all in the course of maybe like 10 bottles. I don't like that personally for the experience. I don't think that is, how do I put this? I don't think that's the most effective way to get into the hobby. I think there's definitely more effective ways to do it because you're going to get into those more expensive bottles and the law of diminishing returns is going to take over. Without a doubt, you're going to break that $50, $60 range and you're really going to start getting into stuff that you're spending more money on, but it's not getting too much better. It's probably getting better depending on the whiskey and the distillery, but it's probably not getting too much better. And I think that can be a little bit discouraging and it can also keep you from some pretty important experiences that I think are important while you're still growing a collection, while it's still a slightly smaller collection. What do I mean by that? I mean there are all kinds of categories that you can go through at the middle to upper middle shelf range. Of course, some of them are the upper middle shelf range, but a lot of them are there at the middle and even at the lower shelf. And so what I mean by that is, of course, you've got all of the different nations that make whiskey, the five most prominent being American or bourbon, uh, Scotch, Irish, Canadian, and Japanese. Of course, those are all present on the middle and lower shelf, but also the subcategories, the different finishes that you can have, the different processes, column stills, pot stills, single malt, blended, the different regions in Scotland. There's all of this ground that you can cover 
and you can cover pretty much all of it on the middle shelf which is a lot of fun and I think that's where you're going to have the most fun and I actually tailored the first probably half a year to through the full year basically to this idea to experiencing all of these different whiskeys I threw in some more expensive ones every once in a while because I knew that there would be more experienced people listening as well and not just noobs and so I threw in some more expensive whiskeys, but I tailored the podcast to try to do that, to try to cover all that ground on the middle shelf or lower so that you could get an idea of what all those different things taste like. Because I think one of the biggest fatal flaws you can have when you start a whiskey collection, and this is something I'm totally guilty of, and that's what I mean. A lot of these tips are coming from my experience. But one of the biggest fatal flaws you can make when you start a whiskey collection is thinking all whiskey just tastes like different versions of whiskey. Which sounds stupid because at some level, of course, all whiskey tastes like different versions of whiskey. But you don't want to think that they're all going to taste similar because they're not. I mean, I can give you two different whiskeys that are going to taste entirely different. One of the scotches that I have hanging on my wall versus one of the bourbons that I have hanging on my wall right now would give you two totally different experiences. And so I think I was quick to be like, well, I want to try some of the more expensive stuff because I know what whiskey tastes like. You know what whiskey tastes like, but you don't know what all the types of whiskey tastes like. And so you can have a lot of fun in that middle shelf range. That's kind of the moral of my first point that I want to make is that you can have a lot of fun and learn a lot of different things about the hobby all in the middle shelf range. Look back through the whiskey list. Look back through the episodes that I've done so far, and you'll find a ton of really good whiskeys all in that middle shelf range, some even in that lower shelf range. Right off the bat, I actually didn't plan on giving this recommendation in this episode, but I just want to recommend a couple from each category because I think it's important to point out that these whiskeys exist. One of the ones that totally got me into whiskey, Monkey Shoulder. It's a blended scotch. It's fantastic. It's $35 in my area. If you want a single malt, Glenmorangie, I believe it's $34 or something like that in my area. It's a single malt scotch. It'll teach you a little bit more about scotch. In the realm of bourbon, I have done a ton of content on bourbon. And the winner of my bourbon budget bourbon uh, March Madness this year was Larceny. So I got to shout out Larceny. Buffalo Trace has always been one of my favorite beginner bourbons. I could look at my shelf right now and give you even more beginner bourbons that are fantastic, but that's just a couple of them. Moving on to Irish whiskey, Tullamore Dew has some pretty good selections. Uh, Bushmills Black Bush, I was a fan of. I've heard bad things about it from other people, so maybe it's a acquired taste, or maybe it's like mustard, where either you love it or you hate it. I liked Bushmills Black Bush. Uh, in the $30 range, the, the base Tullamore Dew is literally, I think, $20 at the store near me. So if you want to just know what Irish whiskey tastes like, Tullamore Dew is your guy. Of course, Jameson. And then... Moving into Canadian whiskey, Crown Royal is not too expensive. Pendleton is technically made from Canadian whiskey. It's bottled in America, um, but it is a Canadian whiskey. The Pike Creek that we just had on the show with the Whiskey Chasers, that was a pretty cheap whiskey. I want to say $24. So there, there you've got Canadian whiskeys that you can try. And then, of course, the only Japanese whiskey that we've had on the show so far, Suntory Whiskey Toki, I thought was a pretty solid drink. And as I've mentioned, I want to have more Japanese whiskeys on the show. But those are just a few from each category off the top of my head, most of which we've had on the show. So you can actually listen to full reviews of these whiskeys and decide if you want to try them. So my point is hang out at the middle shelf, take your time and enjoy it. Pace yourself. Can you try a higher shelf bottle every once in a while? Absolutely. You can 
Ask for them for holidays. Ask for them for birthdays. Treat yourself to it on occasion. But hang around the middle shelf and spend some time learning it, if money is in a factor for you. I know there's some folks maybe listening to this who have plenty of money, and they're like, I don't know why I would do that. But, but I'm speaking to your average person right now who wants to start a whiskey collection. The next thing that I think can save you some money is try things at bars first or at restaurants. If you see a whiskey and you recognize it on a restaurant's whiskey list, a lot of, especially because the hobby is growing, a lot of restaurants are having lists of bourbons or whiskeys, or it'll say bourbon and it'll be bourbon and scotch and other whiskeys, which can be annoying sometimes. But my point is that a lot of restaurants do have lists of whiskeys nowadays, and you can try them there. You can make you know, something that would be a date night or just a night out that you're just going out to a nice restaurant, and you can make it into a way to taste a whiskey, and you can try something that you would not normally try. I'm going to warn you here. That's going to be overpriced. You're going to maybe spend 15 to $20 to try a whiskey where you could buy a bottle for 60 to $70. But it will let you know if you like it or not first because there are absolutely expensive whiskeys out there that you will not like. And so I think that's a good way to try the more expensive stuff if you're not ready to commit to a bottle of it yet. Of course, the other option would be if you want to buy yourself an expensive bottle, I'm not at all saying you have to try it first. I've bought plenty of expensive bottles without trying it first. But then at least if you buy the expensive bottle, you have it on your shelf and other people can try it if you want. That's the flip side of that coin. But I do like to try things at bars and get an idea first. And that doesn't just go for expensive stuff. Uh, one of the ones I tried at a bar for the first time was TX, the blended whiskey. And it was really good. And I'm probably going to buy a bottle of it. But I wanted to try it first because I was like, I don't know if I want to go out of my way to buy this bottle. I've got a few other bottles that I really need to get. People are asking for reviews of them, those sorts of things. Didn't know if I wanted to buy a bottle of it. I will be buying a bottle most likely pretty soon. Um, but that's a great example of even I do this. You know, I have plenty of whiskey and I can buy the bottle. And I think most people who are starting a whiskey collection, you can buy the bottle. But the point is you don't have to. You can try it at a bar first if you want. So I think that's just an important thing to keep in mind. Now, the next thing which I really alluded to uh, a couple points ago was to try different types at first. And I think the thing that I want to lean towards with talking about that, though, is try different types and try to figure out what you like because there's most likely going to be a category that you gravitate towards. There might be a couple categories that you gravitate towards. For example, I gravitate a lot towards bourbons, especially like the sweeter bourbons, um, sometimes rye, but mostly like the, the sweeter type bourbon category or high rye bourbons. But on the flip side of that coin, I gravitate towards scotches quite a bit, your Highland and your Speyside scotches, because they give you like a totally different flavor than the bourbon does. And so if I'm getting bored with one or the other, I can go to one or the other. So my point is, try different types because you might find one that you really like more than the other. And that might trigger you to do the next thing that I'm going to say, and that is get more of the type that you like and explore it a little bit more in depth. These are all steps that I'm mentioning that you can do on the middle shelf, by the way. So you can find what I did with bourbon. It wasn't so much that I decided I liked bourbon the most as much as it's what people were asking for. And so I thought... I really like Buffalo Trace, and Buffalo Trace is really hard for a lot of my followers to find. I'm having people comment about how it's so hard for them to find, and I thought, 
Well, what can I do about that? And so what I did was I said, I really like Buffalo Trace. Let's find similar bourbons to Buffalo Trace and put them side by side. And fortunately for me, I was able to just lean on the TikTok community and I had everybody (laughs) recommend me bourbons to put up against Buffalo Trace. But you can obviously do this on your own. If you find something you like, look up similar ones, look up things in the same category, try them side by side. And that's all something you can do on the middle shelf. All those bourbons I bought were $30 or less, except for a couple because they were less than $30 in other people's area and they were a little bit over $30 in my area. But my point is, those were all pretty budget whiskeys that I was able to try. And that is something where my collection got a a decent amount bigger and I got to try all of these bourbons and I learned a lot about my preferences with bourbon, about the budget bourbon shelf in general, like the middle shelf of bourbon. I learned a lot about it. So I think it's really important to recognize the things that you like, give yourself some time to try them and to learn a little bit more about them. And as I keep mentioning, don't just rush to the top shelf. Of course, the top shelf you can have some fun at as well. But in my opinion, I would much rather buy a top shelf bottle from a category that I really like and then most likely really, really like it than buy a top shelf bottle, not knowing if I like the category really. I've only really had one bourbon, one scotch, and one Irish. I don't really know if I like scotch or not, but I'm going to buy this $100 bottle of scotch. I don't like to do that. That's just the way I am. Maybe you're not that way. Maybe you want to do that. But my recommendation would be if you're going to splurge on a higher shelf bottle, try a higher shelf of something that you know you like. It doesn't even need to be your favorite. But for example, you really don't want to buy a really high shelf peated scotch just to find out that you don't like peat. You don't like the peaty flavor (laughs) because that entire bottle will be disgusting to you if you don't like the peaty flavor. And peated scotches for those of you who don't know, can get extremely expensive. They can be they're probably one of the higher dollar categories that I've even mentioned. I can't think of a truly budget peated scotch at the moment, at least on the top of my head. So you really want to make sure that it's at least a category that you like slash tolerate before you buy a bottle of it, especially a category that you like is obviously the goal. So figure out what that is. Figure out what it means to like a category and then step into the higher dollar stuff. And then the next thing that I would mention, it might seem obvious, um, but for special occasions, for holidays, get yourself a celebratory bottle if you're trying to grow a collection. And that might be a bottle that you just take a couple sips out of for the celebration. You leave it on your shelf. That's going to help grow your collection. Uh, And obviously all these things I'm mentioning require money. But if you thought this was going to be an episode of how you do this without spending any money, then I don't have any advice for you. You got to spend money to buy whiskey. But this is definitely one of the cheaper ways to do that would be to ask for it for holidays. Um, Hopefully you have people around you who are okay with it because I know that there are some people who are against drinking and that's fine by them, but they're probably not going to be buying you a bottle of whiskey if that's the case. Um, But ask for it. Make a little list. A list really helps. Just telling somebody that you want whiskey for Christmas is super intimidating to people who don't know anything about whiskey. If you happen to have a friend who is a whiskey collector, an avid whiskey collector, then yeah, they'll probably go out on a limb and buy you a bottle. But if you have a family member or friend who has who knows nothing about whiskey, they're probably not going to buy you anything unless you give them some specific ones to tr- to choose from. Or if they do buy you something, they're probably going to go to the bar st- or the um, liquor store. I almost said bartender. They're probably going to go to the liquor store and say, "Hey, what's a good bourbon?" And they're going to buy it, and then that's what you're going to get. 
So you want to definitely give people a list just because it helps them to not be so intimidated. You can make it a long list as well. You can give them a ton of options, but it makes it way less intimidating to be like, hey, if you buy me any of these, I'm going to be happy. So you can ask for it for holidays, ask for it for your birthday, for Christmas, for whatever. And that's probably the cheapest way to expand your collection. As I've mentioned, uh, I think two episodes ago, that is how I got a lot of my higher dollar bottles was people bought them for me as gifts because they knew I liked whiskey. So that is definitely one of the easier ways to expand your collection. And then my other point would be, don't be afraid to buy yourself a celebratory bottle. And maybe that was just the excuse you needed to do it. So I apologize to all the significant others out there who are going to be upset that I said that and their significant other went out and bought an expensive bottle. But I do this sometimes where I'll say, you know, I want a good bottle, especially like St. Paddy's Day is a good example because uh, I drink Irish whiskey on St. Paddy's Day. And I'll be like, I want a good bottle of Irish whiskey to drink on St. Paddy's or even like Christmas. I'll be like, I know that I'm going to want to drink, let's say I'm in the mood for a scotch, a scotch on Christmas. I'm going to buy myself a decently nice one to drink on Christmas because it's a celebration. A little bit of a gift to myself. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't get carried away. I'm not responsible if you get in trouble with your significant other. The one last note I will make for celebrations and for holidays are if you have friends who are into the hobby as well, you can do whiskey exchanges or you can all go in on an expensive bottle. Um, I almost all went in on an expensive bottle one time, but I have done whiskey exchanges. Um, and we were all like, Hey, we're going to pick a, a bottle from this dollar price to this dollar price. And we're just going to do like a, a white elephant type exchange. We're going to not secret Santa style. Uh, we just had these bags and it was like, we drew straws. Whoever got the long straw got to go first and they pick one of the, any of the bags and you get to get the whiskey that's on the inside and you have no idea what it's going to be. And that was pretty fun and exciting way to, to try new whiskeys. So don't, you know, don't be afraid to get creative with it. Obviously that's a really specific one. You have to have friends who are into the hobby as well, but that's a pretty fun way to expand your collection. And that's a good excuse. I guess it's an excuse to get into the higher dollar stuff. If it's going to be a holiday or something, you might want to get yourself a nicer one. The next tip actually has nothing to do with price ranges, nothing to do with how to get it cheap. It's actually how to grow your collection. Um, and that might seem like, I thought that's what the whole episode was about. I think you'll understand once I say it. Don't drink bottles down too far if you don't want them gone quickly. Because this is a mistake that I absolutely made early on in my collection was I would drink bottles down to like halfway and then... I would only drink them every once in a blue moon is when I would go back to them. And by the time you get down to halfway, you've dropped the amount of time that you can leave it in the bottle by a lot. If it's up towards the neck of the bottle, it'll last a really long time. But if it's down below the halfway point, you've got like six months to a couple of years, depending on the bottle and depending on the conditions and all those sorts of things. But the one way you can really ensure that, especially for your more expensive bottles, I do this for sure with my more expensive bottles, I'll have a glass, maybe two glasses when I first get it, really get to know it and get to know what it ta tastes like, get to know the profile of it, and I'll leave it for like a while, and I'll only break it out on special occasions, and I'll only break out one of my expensive bottles on special occasions, and therefore all of my expensive bottles last pretty long. So that is... I think that's a little bit of a pro tip in all honesty as to how to keep your collection for a while because it's something I totally overlooked. 
I totally would just, I drink three quarters down to, or not drink three quarters of it, but drink it down to three quarters, drink it down to a half before you know it, you're a little bit below half. And then you're like, well, now it needs to be gone in like the next six months. So I got to finish this off in the next six months. And that will get you into a little bit of a corner where you've got a bunch of bottles that need to be finished. And sometimes you end up having to throw some of it out because maybe it just gets gross. I have had that happen one time where I let a bottle get way too low, let it sit way too long, and it was just not a good tasting bottle anymore. That will happen. It will mix with the air and start to taste no good anymore. It's not necessarily going to be, you know, disgusting. It's basically going to taste like burn. At least that was my experience with it. It just tasted like burn. So you got to be very careful with that and really think to yourself, how low do I want to let this bottle get? Because if after a certain point, it's going to have to be like the first bottle that I drink. The next tip is arguably the most important of this entire podcast. This is where I win all the significant others back. Don't forget to save money. What's more important than your whiskey collection is your financial situation. Um, I will be the first person to admit that any type of collection, any type of hobby can be so easy to just sink all your money into right away because you want to try them all. You want to try them all right now. And that is a situation where I think trying them at restaurants or when you go out on a date or when you're at a bar, that can be very helpful because I know how it is. You want to know what all these whiskeys taste like. You're reading about it online and you're hearing people talk about this one and this one and this one and you want to try them all. But what I'll tell you as somebody who has tried a good amount of them is after you've tried a lot of them, you kind of flip the opposite direction. And I'm to the point now where if there's a bottle, even if it's not very expensive, that I've been wanting to try and that I've heard people talking about, I'll almost wait to try it because I'm like, I don't want to have tried all of these yet. Uh, This just happened recently. Somebody asked me about Wild Turkey Long Branch, and I was like, I haven't tried it yet, and I'm actually holding off on trying it because I know that it's one of those ones that's not too expensive. I know it's one of those ones that if I'm at a liquor store and I can't think of what to buy, I can grab that. I like to keep a few of those in the back of my mind, especially ones that I haven't had. So don't forget to save money, and there is a benefit to that. There is the benefit of now you still have more that you get to try. Don't forget to enjoy the excitement of having ones that you haven't tried yet. Before you know it, you might be out of that excitement. You might have tried a lot of the staples, and then the hobby might die a little bit to you. You don't want to let that happen, so don't forget to save yourself some money. That is my way of saying that it's more important to save your money than it is to spend it on whiskey. And that's why the entire point of the most of this episode has been how to do this mostly financially responsibly, um, how to do this without spending way too much money. So don't forget to save yourself some money. And lastly, have a place to keep it all. I wanted to throw this in there because if you don't have a place to keep it all, you'll probably drink through it pretty fast. And then you'll probably like, you might just keep one in your liquor cabinet, drink it all, buy two of them, drink all of one of them, buy another one. And before you know it, you don't really build up very much because you don't have anywhere to keep it. A big part of this hobby, as I've always mentioned, is not alcoholism. It is not drinking whiskey very quickly, running through a bottle every week. The hobby is about enjoying this essentially work of art that somebody spent time on. And if you don't have a place to keep it, then you're probably going to run through it quickly and you'll never really get to the point of a collection. And that's what the point of this episode is, right? To, to start a whiskey collection, start having a lot of whiskey. And I know that there are actually people who 
think of collection as being a bad thing when it comes to whiskey. Um, but I am the type of quote unquote collector where I do open my bottles and try them. Um, but that's kind of a joke on TikTok right now. But have a place to keep it all. Try to keep it out of direct sunlight. Try to keep it relatively temperature controlled, um, not very hot. Keep it at room temp. Keep it a little bit lower than room temp or not necessarily in like a refrigerator or anything. But when I say lower than room temp, my example is that my whiskey's in my basement. Um, that'll help slow that oxidation, that evaporating and mixing with the air a little bit if it's not in a place where the temperature fluctuates a lot. You don't want fluctuating temperatures. You don't want sunlight. Have a place to keep it so that you're not burning through it and you're actually able to uh, grow a little bit of a collection. And I also think that is a way of helping you save money because you look and you see that you've got this shelf that has all these whiskeys on it. You're like, ah, do I really need to go buy another bottle? But if you've constantly only got three in your cabinet, then you're constantly like, I want to try that one. And you try that one and you drink a different one and now you've only got three in your cabinet again and you're like, I'll go try another one. And... I actually used to kind of only go one or two bottles at a time, but I, at least in that scenario, was able to keep myself from burning through them quickly. And so that's something to really keep in mind. If you don't have a place to store it, because sometimes that's just the case, I get it. I moved into this house from a one-bedroom apartment. If you don't have a place to keep it, then just make sure you're conscious of how quickly you're going through it. Make sure you're conscious of, okay, I have tried all of these. Maybe make a list of all the ones you've tried. That can actually be really helpful is like a, a review notebook or something. For me, my review notebook is pretty much the podcast and the Instagram and the TikTok. But having a log of all these ones you've tried might help you realize, yeah, I don't know if I need to go buy that other one. So have a place to keep it all. If you don't, just keep in mind all of what you've had so far and don't forget that you have tried a lot of them. I want to help people get into this hobby the right way. You know, I don't want to encourage binge drinking. I don't want to encourage alcoholism, anything like that. That's why I have the disclaimer at the end of the episode because this hobby is more about enjoying this delicious drink than it is about getting drunk or going through whiskey too quickly and being not good with your finances. So that's all that I've got for how to start a whiskey collection. I am going to wrap this up with the mystery review. So this whiskey, like I said, has a good citrus to it, a good sweetness, almost like honey, that gives me this this picture in my head of like honey and orange slices or something like that. And as it sits in your mouth, it becomes a little bit more bitter and it moves to this like malty graininess that has a little bit of bitterness associated with it. And that might be specific enough to give away that I'm talking about Aberlauer 12-year, which we had on the show not too long ago. It is a Speyside Scotch, and I really enjoy it. And that's why I wanted to point out that I like it more this time than I did the last time. Because last time, I remember specifically during that episode being like, my palate must be off or something. And then we tried McCallan, and we were like, oh, yeah, my palate is off. Uh, or that might be why we tried the Glen Morangi. I don't remember. And I was like, oh, yeah, my palate is definitely off. Um, and so now that I'm sitting down with it and my palate is nice and it's fresh and it's actually warmed up because I had a different glass uh, prior to this. My palate is nice and warmed up. Uh, This is really good. I am so impressed with this. And I mentioned in the episode after we had something to compare to, I was like, oh, yeah, this is pretty impressive. This is a pretty good uh, scotch. So Aberlauer 12-year, it's a little bit higher dollar. It's a good example of one of those ones that is a little bit on the pricier side. I want to say it's $60 near me, if I'm not mistaken. 
but uh, pretty good. And so hopefully you guys guessed it. And hopefully, as I always mention, this is helpful to you to learn your notes. And if nothing else, at least a little bit of fun to try to guess what it is that I'm drinking. But that's all that I've got for this episode today. So thank you so much for listening. I will leave you with learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure that you tell anyone you know who you think would be interested in the hobby or in the podcast. That way we can help to spread the word and continue to grow. Please also make sure to review the show on Apple Podcasts and share our posts on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs or on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. Uh, It only takes a couple of minutes and it really does a lot to help spread the word and grow the podcast. Also, there is an email list for the show. If you'd like to join, you can just send an email to whiskey noobs podcast at gmail.com and in the subject line put email list i will add you to the list and then you'll be updated every month with the whiskeys that we will be drinking on the show throughout the month that way you can drink right along with us and see if you're getting the same notes once again thank you so much for listening to the show the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol